Truth Espresso, episode 182. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. And now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hey there, Daniel Minnick here, and joined with my sweet, beautiful co-host, Chelsea. We are here to bring you another episode of Truth Espresso to all you fans, friends, foes, and lurkers. Unfortunately, lurkers doesn't start with an F. That would make it, like, cool and alliterated. But welcome, everyone listening. If you're just tuning in, we're starting possibly a series here on dealing with the month that we're currently in called Pride Month. If I remember correctly, there used to be Pride Day, and then it became Pride Week, and now it's Pride Month, just so we have to put up with seeing things for, you know, 30 days. At least they didn't pick the longest month in, uh, you know, the calendar, but yeah. So, June is Pride Month, and so we're going to talk about an event and relate it to some of the questions that Pride Month makes us ask, especially as Christians, questions like, what is a woman? What is a man? What <laughs> Really, what are our roles? How should we relate to each other? How do we reflect the image of God? And how should we live in this world? And so, you're ready to talk about Pride Month with We Sweetheart? And one event that happened a week ago, <laughs> as an example. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to tackle this discussion with you. Okay. And so, let's uh, get it on here on the weekend of June 4th. There was an event in Dallas, Texas. And unfortunately, it seems like a lot of strange things are happening in Texas nowadays. Now, I know Dallas is a blue area of Texas politically because it's one of the big cities. So it's not like everyone in Texas is going to be, you know, some kind of gun-toting conservative redneck type, you know. But, <laughs> but yeah, you had the Uvalde shooting that we talked about earlier and in May. And then now in Dallas, Texas, a week ago, there was what was advertised as drag the kids to pride. And if you're figuring out the word drag has a double meaning there, you would be correct. So this event really was for parents to bring their children with them to an event sponsored by what are called drag queens. And so if you don't know what that means, well, basically it's men who dress like women and, you know, there's more to it than that. But yeah, so drag people are men who kind of don't act masculine. They want to appeal to other people as if they look and act like women, or at least their idea, which we're going to really get into, their idea of what women look and act like. And <laughs> so this was advertised, and you'd think that it would have been shut down since it was publicly advertised as bringing children to a drag event, but it was advertised as 
family friendly, <laughs> which I would argue that there's no such thing as a family friendly drag anything. But yeah, this happened in Dallas, Texas on June 4th. And I guess, um, you know, relative to the level of debauchery that would normally be at, at other drag events in this venue, if you're sp- <laughs> if you have to use the word uh, relatively speaking, you know, in some people's minds, in their minds, you know, they toned some things down a bit. And I guess, you know, if you want to put family friendly in a long string of scare quotes where it's buried and invisible, then <laughs> whatever. But, you know, yeah, definitely not family friendly from anyone with, with sanity in their mind, you know. Um, <laughs> but basically at this event, it was, of course, you know, as it's called, drag the kids to pride. It's, it's one of the events to celebrate pride. And, um, so pride for pride month and so on has become the term for the idea of coming out like, okay, you know, it's supposed to be the idea that people who have what are called alternate lifestyles or whatever, right, or don't identify under the traditional, or I would say biblical understanding of manhood and womanhood, or confuse genders or so on, or dismantle God's institution of marriage and the family that formerly they're suppressed, but then they're coming out. So they have pride in who they are. They're finally able to say, I'm free and I'm proud of who I am. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to let you oppress me and let you make me uh, hide or reduce what I truly am. I'm going to be proud of it and display it. And so pride events are all about celebrating anything other than the traditional understanding of men and women and marriage and family. And so this is a was a drag event where they invited young children and we find out that technically in Texas that was illegal but just like with the Uvalde shooting the police didn't handle it the way they should have but at this event yeah as you would expect from drag queens men dressed like women trying to get people to be attracted to them as appearing to be performing women they did do some kinds of dance moves to music and stuff like that at this event but i would say in reference to this being so-called family friendly just think what if we're not talking about drag people and pride anything if these were actual biological women doing this i would think even ardent leftists many of them would actually be up in arms you know if these were real women dancing and inviting young kids to see this why would responsible parents bring these young elementary school kids to see women dancing but because it's pride and these are celebrating abnormal behavior then it somehow magically becomes okay for everyone because it's the idea is maybe some of these kids will find out their true identity if they see others showing their true identity and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to tone down how I explain some of these things, you know, but <laughs> Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh. So I think that I mean just even their Pride Month agenda is an exploitation of children and 
they celebrate and flaunt what is totally against how God made us. And mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, like you said, parents that will actually bring their children to these events, I'm not sure what is going on with them. <laughs> like, okay, where is the line of child abuse? Mm-hmm. And yes. This is clearly child abuse. Yes. <laughs> and just exposing your children to things that they do not need to be exposed to, let alone like that the actual event is disgusting in and of itself. But then when you're bringing innocent young children to witness this, that's just so horrible. I can't mm. even fathom it. Yeah. In this, I mean, we're talking about one event in Texas, Yeah, but there's events like this going yeah. on yeah. all over. We have one coming up here in Denver mm. at the Botanic Gardens, a beautiful garden place. But of course, mm-hmm. it's very liberal and owned by the Arts Foundation. Mm. And so they're bringing in a drag queen to do story time oh, yeah. with the kids. And yeah. I'm like. I don't know if it was national or international. You know, if you've heard of Drag Queen Story Hour, it's not just a term. It's an actual organization. The events that are called that are by chapters of an organization. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know they go to local schools and libraries and different places to have that interaction Mm. with kids and I'm like, okay, statistically, if you look at the most common child predator Mm. are people that are confused about their gender, to put it more nicely. Yeah. So, like, what parent in their right mind allows their kid to go (laughs) and be in the place with a predator like that? I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm sure proportionally more, or as we say, the drag people, proportionally more it's men who are allegedly confused about their gender because... You know, who often is more likely to abuse children in this way? It's men. Yeah, and so trying to normalize this kind of thing with drag people and, you know, having story time or whatever with children, it's just like the fox guarding the hen house. It's like the inmates running the asylum. The whole idea is to bring down any kind of natural inclination to think that this is not normal or wrong and make young kids where they shouldn't be thinking about this kind of thing. That's it's not normal for children for their development to be thinking about this stuff. They just want to be children, play games, you know, and and they need to be protected so that they can do things that normal children do, play with toys, play games with each other, and not be thinking in terms of things that twisted adults abuse people with. <laughs> and this particular event, there's, I guess, some positives I could bring out of what happened there. Not the queens, but the fact that, okay, you know, these parents who wanted to bring their children, you know, it's like, I want to put parents in a long stream of scare quotes, you know, too. Like, how can someone call himself a parent and force their children to come to something like this? Like, this is clearly for these people who have this focus to be there you know if they want to go there and destroy their brains leave the children out of it but yeah so drag the kids to pride being the title of this event there's something literal about that because these kids did not want to be there 
And it was clear because I watched um, Matt Walsh's show. I listened to the the news and why it matters, various programs on the Daily Wire and Blaze TV that would cover the event. They'd play selected clips that perhaps you can somewhat stomach to see, you know, just so you get ideas of what was going on and listen to them and stuff. But also, there were some infiltrators there, you know, who went there to observe and report, you know, people who weren't in favor of the event, who managed to get there so they can report on it, and so they could tell details that the media is not going to cover. And the media, every article that I looked at from the media says nothing about how the kids thought of this, <laughs> but almost none of them, really none of them actually cared to be there. There weren't a whole lot of kids there. The strange parents who wanted to bring their kids there, you know, because they felt like they had this religious duty to celebrate pride with their whole family, you know. A lot of the kids, they would play games on their phones. They really didn't want to see it. They wanted to be anywhere but there. And so they're trying to pass the time that their excuse for parents brought them there to, you know, make them go through this. I heard that one boy had a Rubik's Cube and he solved it three times, you know. <laughs> yeah, so these kids had no interest in being there. And so the articles would report, it would mention some kids tipping some of the queens with dollar bills, you know, like, okay, they're performing and you're giving the money kind of like a performer in the street like a musician or something plays for money or something but yeah still like it's not like these kids themselves were like hey i just want to give them money no it was their parents handing them the dollars and then saying oh when someone comes up here you're gonna you know hand them the money you know do i have to yeah that's pretty much the way it was on one clip that I heard, one of the drag guys was trying to call one of the boys up to kind of walk across the stage with him. And the boy, as he's walking, he's just kind of hunched a little over. He just kind of walks like he normally would, but in this hunched way, like showing like he really did not feel comfortable, like okay i don't want to be here but now you're going to embarrass me to make me walk across the stage with this weirdo you know he just you know <laughs> he just kind of hunched over like oh just walked normally across and then there you know it's kind of almost like embarrassing for these goofballs trying to make the kids do that that the kids showed absolutely no interest in this Another thing that happened, of course, to show parents in quotes, <laughs> child abusive parents is that reported that there's uh, like a mother and her young boy. They're at the bar and the bartender asks the young boy if he was gay and the boy said no i'm not and then his mother told the bartender like yes he is don't listen to his lies you know <laughs> like yeah so this is child abuse when your parents okay so supposedly this is to let kids see who they really are not be told who they really are and forced to be something they're not when they clearly you know even though that's an abomination before God, but to force a young boy and tell someone that your son is lying when obviously he's not just to feed the trolls, just to, 
uh, celebrate pride. Okay, and we wonder why a lot of the statistics allegedly of more you know, that they're overwhelmingly higher statistics now of people so supposedly coming out or especially more transgender people. Like, well, there's a lot of social pressure or even things like, okay, you have these events in public schools celebrating finding out your true identity that isn't what you appear to be. And so some kids are reasoning in their mind like, well, if I'm going to be accepted by my peers, I have to come up with something to identify myself as something I'm not. So that's how I make friends, you know, and things like this, you know, boys possibly being told that they're something that they're not. The statistics are definitely highly inflated. But <laughs> Well, that's where some of the issue comes in with the education curriculum mm-hmm. that they're bringing into schools, too, and just planting that seed in these little kids minds i mean as young as kindergarten they're telling kids to question if they are a boy or a girl and what kid is going to even think about that at that age but that is just the agenda of this wicked (laughs) practice is that they want to get kids as young as possible and actually start influencing them and trying to convince them that there's something wrong with them or they need to try and discover who they really are. And most of these kids wouldn't even think of that. And it's just, again, it's child abuse. And we are saying that this is okay and parents need to stand up against this because this is horrible. Definitely, sweetheart. Especially those of you listening to this, this uh, Christian parents, you know, we need to realize just how much of this that there is out there, just how much. Uh, I remember I heard a clip a few years ago. There was this gay choir and they were singing a song um, about how they're going to convert your children. And yeah, so they are out there. They have a mission and you need to be prepared to protect your children. And as we mentioned last episode about, you know, parenting your children, not just handing them a computer and letting them watch it in the dark and not monitoring what they're doing. These things are out there. They know when children are not being parented and they're looking to convert them. They're looking to indoctrinate them into this. And otherwise, we call that grooming because I heard that there's a, I mean, I didn't watch it, of course, but there's uh, heard about you know some of these sources like the blaze and daily wire talking about some boy like since he was 10 years old he became kind of famous or infamous or whatever trying to remember he was referred to as like desmond is amazing or whatever and he was like a young drag boy and of course you know i think there is like a good morning america thing kind of with him interviewing him and celebrating him everyone clapping for him and stuff you know and and i've heard that he would do performances with adult drag guys and yeah like that poor boy has obviously just been indoctrinated and groomed and he might think that life is good as he's gained popularity and stuff, but it's the, that's the wide road that leads to destruction. Now, there were people who came to this event who were not in favor of this event, and so I want to talk a little bit about them. 
there were protesters outside, and among them, there were kind of more somewhat well-known conservative or Christian commentators, Alex Stein and John Doyle, who were there. Now, John Doyle managed to get in so he could report the event. He even, like, kind of undercover. Some people there didn't recognize who he was, so he would interview one of the drag guys and stuff like that just to try to get them to reveal... He got one guy to talk about kind of the intention of bringing the children there, and it obviously wasn't as advertised, but he didn't know that John Doyle was infiltrating this. Alex Stein, on the other hand, tried to go in, but some people there outside recognized who he was, so they didn't want to let him in, even though technically, like, why is it that young kids can come into there, but for some odd reason, there's no sign that has Alex Stein's face with a circle and line through it, you know, like, there is technically nothing that should prevent him from going in, but there were counter-protesters, as the articles call. Of course, they don't want to refer to the fact that they were Antifa, but they just call them counter-protesters, but, you know, they're the usual goons with the black masks and stuff like that, and gloves, and so Alex Stein is a political comedian and commentator, and he recorded a video of himself talking about, like, they won't let me in, and he's recording, and he keeps on talking, holding the phone, his phone, recording the video, and these Antifa guys are repeatedly trying to grab his phone and he's like wiggling and dodging every attempt and he keeps talking and recording and they're trying to knock and grab and push him around and stuff but yeah he successfully was able to get to say whatever he wanted record it and he was pretty good at dodging everything there and yeah so Alex Stein I think was also outside when one of the parents uh, mother decked in a rainbow colored garb and had her young son with i think it was a black t-shirt with a rainbow on it and she was yelling and cussing at the um protesters there and like yeah like that doesn't sound like the spirit of a mother to me you know forcing her son to go to this who really wouldn't want to be there and then acting like a you know a, a beast in front of these protesters and then one last thing to note about what also happened afterwards. So I think it was Alex Stein who also followed one of the drag guys as he was leaving with his boyfriend, in quotes. Okay, so uh, he was following them afterwards, and he's like, you know, of course trying to preach them to repent and he's telling them you know you should be ashamed like dancing in front of children you know you should be ashamed you need to repent of that and they're trying to ignore him and go up to the car and then eventually the boyfriend uh turned around and started cussing at him and trying to shove him and stuff and then the drag guy came up to the car and he's like angrily but daintily smacking on the car with his palms and demanding to have you know like open up this car you know like like uh i know alex stein on the news and why it matters when he's talking about this he said like i could tell that these two were really uncomfortable like they could tell that they had no excuse for this this was wrong what they did then uh, you know so they were just trying to get out of there and like you know they felt ashamed because i i know like what i was saying was shaming them but they couldn't answer they just wanted to leave but yeah <laughs> 
And then now, some of the aftermath of the event. So Monday, so this event happened Saturday, I think, and then Monday, Texas State Representative Brian Slayton said he would introduce a bill to make bringing children to such events a felony and penalize parents who do so. Now, I think it's technically already illegal in Texas, but he wants to introduce a bill that would make the language more clear. Now, I think that's a good thing. It's just hard to tell how much the police would enforce it since they're not enforcing the existing law. The police said that they were there at the event for crowd control. And, you know, some of the protesters are telling the police, isn't this illegal? You know, they should be rescuing the children from this. They're being groomed. And the police, you know, of course, weren't going to do that. But then, you know, the police said they were doing crowd control. But Antifa guys were... I'm trying to remember there was like a an African American protester and, and he was like trying to walk around and then the Antifa guys were heckling him and eventually, you know, in the process of it there eventually his foot landed on top of a pride flag and then the police guy told him, you know, sir, I'm gonna need you to remove your foot from that, you know. So okay, obviously the police they didn't care about preventing children from being groomed. They cared about when Antifa was shoving a guy around and in the process his foot accidentally lands on a pride flag which you know i heard some people were bonking people with the pride flags you know okay so this guy ended up without even trying you know his foot lands on the flag and it's like oh your foot's stepping on a sacred symbol you need to get your foot off that thing right now you know <laughs> So as you're describing this, I was just <laughs> reflecting about it. So your blood boiling yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was before we <laughs> oh, yeah, started. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, preparing for it. But it was just reminding me of what we were talking about last week and how you mentioned that we just do not value life anymore. Mm, yes. And that's where this kind of comes down to the point of we don't even value life of children mm. that are elementary age because we're going to say it's okay for them to be exposed to this nastiness. And if they get abused, it's okay. And I mean, there's so much that goes on with mm -hmm. those situations. And of course, the police are not going to stand up. And I, I don't want to say like all police wouldn't stand up. But mm. when we have this general view that we can kill babies in the womb, that we can teach children that they have to figure out what their gender are, that we are mostly animals and it's the survival of the fittest, whoever's the strongest is going to win. I mean, we're teaching them all these lies and all this mm. devaluing. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, <laughs> it's disgusting and it's horrible that they do this, but it shouldn't come to a surprise because uh, yes. we just keep on saying it is okay mm. that we do not value life. And mm. I mean, it's just going to keep getting worse. And unfortunately, I'm like, where are the Christians in a yeah. lot of this? Yeah. Like, you hear about one or two, and I know God can use one person to make a difference. But it just seems like Christians are silent about this, and they just want to sit back and be like, oh, that's in the state of Texas. We're mm. in a different state. Or, <laughs> oh, it's not coming to our community. We're not going to worry about it. But no, God says, like, we need to stand up for truth. We need to teach our children truth. Mm. If you're sending your kids off to learn about this in school, then how are you standing up and teaching your children truth 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, sweetheart. Yeah. And yeah, as you've said, this is the ultimate degradation of life, you know, showing that life has no intrinsic meaning or value, human life, because the Bible says that God created man in his own image. And so that shows that we have a divine worth before God. We reflect God and I know the world under the domain of the evil one doesn't like that. We would think that would be something appealing that like, wow, I have worth, real worth that goes beyond whatever my broken brain perceives of myself. And you have intrinsic worth and your life has meaning. You can actually have real goals. You know, you can live to serve your creator. You can make friends and have family and ultimately grow up and seek a spouse who's also created in the image of God and love each other unconditionally. You know, there's so much beauty to the truth, the fundamental truth that God created humanity in his image. And so we have intrinsic worth. Life has meaning. And so we can actually do things and think about the fact that our life has meaning. There's purpose to what we do. There's purpose to what we don't do. There's actually absolute right and wrong. And that also, those parameters of absolute right and wrong given by God give our lives meaning. But when you dismantle that, when you teach people that they're just a cosmic accident, that very much, you know, they could somehow be in a body that, you know, their true identity they have to discover is somehow not in the body that they have because everything's just an unfortunate accident. And then so they have to figure it out. That's a pursuit of nothing but a life of stress and depression, trying to figure out what makes you happy, trying to figure out what your true identity is in some kind of Gnostic sense and never being sure that you've really figured yourself out. It's the ultimate secular hedonism that leads to depression and often suicide. And <laughs> wouldn't it just make more sense to understand what the Bible teaches, that we're creating the image of God, we have intrinsic worth, there's meaning and purpose to life, there's absolute right and wrong. And so mm. people who don't want to live by the rules that we recognize in nature that God has created— it's like a continual depressionary spiral of reinventing the wheel only to come up with something that's not a wheel and doesn't work. <laughs> How is your flame of truth, Christian? Is it burning bright? Hi, I'm Rebecca Bershwinger, creator and host of One Little Candle, a weekly podcast dedicated to encouraging, empowering, and equipping believers to be the light that God has called us to be, so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. So join me and light your own little corner of the world. You can listen to One Little Candle on all major podcast platforms or at christianpodcastcommunity.org. So also with Texas State Representative, Florida State Representative Anthony Sabatini, in response to the event, likewise, said he would introduce a bill in Florida um, outlawing bringing children to drag events. 
Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida also condemned the event and committed to supporting legislation that would protect kids from drag events. Now, legislation like that, it's good to recognize that. It's still up to law enforcement to enforce it and stuff. And (laughs) of course, some people who are in support of the event after the fact with all the news coming out about it, mostly they would mock the idea that like they would point out what appeared to them to be hypocrisy like oh yeah your kids can't go here but you let them you know do this or you take them here which you know how is this any worse like one transgender activist tweeted a reply mocking the idea that parents would think that the drag event was wrong for kids but those parents would feel comfortable taking their kids to a football game and would drink next to them while a cheerleader dances during halftime. Now, of course, sometimes I'd have to say, like, given the way professional sports have been going these days, almost like I would have to say, you have a point there. So, (laughs) but of course, it's still comparing apples to oranges because people go to these events to watch sports. And unfortunately, when you have, you know, these halftime events getting worse, it would deter more conservative parents from attending these things and watching sports when it's like it takes the fun out of it where you can just enjoy athletes competing in a game and, and not have the politics and the garbage and stuff during halftime. So I would say, yeah, I agree in part with that, but you know, hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm not the parent who drinks next to his child while watching the cheerleaders and stuff like that. <laughs> so with Pride Month being the topic of discussion and kind of some of the just grotesqueness that we've talked about already, just even the definition of pride is interesting that this group of people want to consider pride being a good thing because when we look at God's word throughout scripture, most of the time it is saying that pride is a sin and that we need to be careful of pride. And I was reading an article that Answers in Genesis did, and we can put the link for that in the show notes because it was really good. But one thing that they pointed out was when you look in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, he says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. And the very first thing he lists, a proud look. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, pride is something that affects all of us, Christian, non-Christian. And it's something that I think it's easy to miss a lot of times and easy to dismiss. (laughs) something that can be manipulated. Like pride is one of those things that's kind of like the root of a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And I think that's probably why it's talked about so much in scripture that that is something that you want to avoid and turn away from. I know you had a (laughs) scripture reference that I was going to put there, so I'll let you share that one. Yeah, so I have some verses about what pride does to people according to the Bible. So Psalm 10 verses 2 through 4 says, uh, The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire. 
and blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. And yep, David's saying this is fitting a lot for all the celebration of so-called pride in Pride Month. Because, um, yeah, it seems like the whole idea of Pride Month is it's all about, like, world, you need to celebrate me. And, you know, it's narcissistic. It's all about thinking more highly or trying to get, think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, as the Bible says, because it's all about everyone has to celebrate me just because of who I am, just because I'm somehow different or no uh, abnormal you know like okay how people should be celebrated is how they sacrifice themselves for the good of other people we celebrate people who defend freedoms the parents who protect their children those who are willing to give their life to save other people in a battle or otherwise like i'd celebrate that woman who took down the shooter the day after the uvalde shooting that we mentioned a few episodes ago that she had a a gun with her she was packing and so once she saw a threat she took him out celebrate her celebrate inventors celebrate those who toil who come up with things that help other people that sacrifice for other people but pride month is all about celebrating people who like okay How many of these pride people are thinking about family values, thinking about loving a spouse unconditionally, loving children unconditionally? And when I I mean love, I mean in a biblical way, like not in the way pride people might think, you know, but actually, you know, (laughs) agape love in the Bible, something where it's like it has nothing to do with making me feel good or giving me benefits. It's entirely directed to the benefit of someone else. Pride Month seems to be all about celebrating people to identify in ways that they think is breaking traditional norms and also doesn't give itself to, you know, the nuclear family, the biblical family, and all the sacrifice and unconditional love that's involved with it. It's really the ultimate narcissism, and it demands that everyone, you know, like... This has become like a religious holiday, like for the secular left, you know, secular religious. Because I heard about, was it a, was it baseball event <laughs> recently? I think it was where there were a few players that, of course, you know, it was like on the uniforms, they're going to have like a rainbow colored version of the team logo and stuff. And a few of the players did not want to celebrate that so they just didn't wear that and then yeah the <laughs> media was in an uproar and people were calling you know to like they need to be fired they need to be removed you know and like you know never get to play sports again you know kind of thing you know it's like oh because it's like okay it's not enough even to so-called tolerate anyone now you must celebrate it you know you you must bow the knee you must wear (laughs) the symbol you must participate in it and you can't show even any even if you wanted to any indifference to it it's like you (laughs) for players are just trying to look 
This is baseball. Let's play baseball. People are watching this because they want to watch baseball. The baseball game doesn't have to be all about celebrating Pride Month. Somehow, the month of June is now a religiously sanctified month so that absolutely everything you do, like where the Bible says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, it's like, Whatever you do, do all to the glory of Pride Month. (laughs) So it's like you can't do anything without saying this is for or in celebration of Pride Month. And yeah, there's verses in Psalms that talks about what pride does to people. They persecute the poor. They persecute other people. They boast of their heart's desire. They bless covetousness. And they don't seek after God. God's not in their thoughts. You know, it's obvious from all this. (laughs) So it's interesting too, babe, just looking at the history in the Bible of where pride started. Mm. Because it didn't start in the Garden of Eden. (laughs) It actually started with the fall of Satan, the fall of Lucifer, because he was prideful and wanted to become, Mm. um, in Isaiah, you know, it's kind of analogy, but also talking about Mm. Satan. In how he said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. And so then he was cast out of heaven in in verse 15. It says, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And so pride was actually even in Satan and his desire to be more powerful than God. And so he was cast out and the fallen angels with him. And then you see Satan deceiving Eve and going after the pride part of it as well. In Genesis 3.13, where he's saying like, you can be like God and kind of... Mm. You know, talking to that part of us that, I mean, pride can be a good thing. Like you're, you know, proud of your children Mm -hmm. because they're serving God or, you know, they were kind to their brother today. Mm -hmm. There's a good side of it that you want to be like, wow, good job type of thing. (laughs) And so there's that side, but it can easily turn into the negative side. And I think that's where Satan is so good at deceiving us as people Mm -hmm. and saying like, okay, let me speak to that pride because... It's right there. It's ready to boast. And I think it's interesting how pride and the opposite of pride is humility. Because all these people are trying to celebrate pride. They're trying to be like, okay, look at us. We're showing off who we are. We're trying to show that we're beautiful in some way, I guess. (laughs) But when you look in the scripture, it actually says humility is something mm. that's beautiful. Like, yes. And when it talks in Proverbs 31 about the virtuous woman, she was clothed in humility. Mm. Yeah. Like, she was a strong, productive, loving woman who her husband and children and lots of people praised, but she's humble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for so what think, she does for others and not, yeah. <laughs> she's not seeking her and seeketh not her own. Like, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about what love is. You know, it's, it doesn't seek one's own gain or attention you know yeah yeah so i think humility is what brings out the beauty of things and with all this pomp and circumstance for the pride stuff it actually makes it even more disgusting in some ways because Mm -hmm. i think that's what pride does it shows sin it promotes sin Mm -hmm. 
And so that's what we're seeing is just sin on display with that. And God says in Proverbs, I'm sure a lot of us Christians are familiar with this verse in 16, 18, that pride goeth before destruction. And a lot of times I think about these people that are saying Pride Month and trying to promote the homosexual, LGBTQ, all the other letters. <laughs> the alphabet. Yes. <laughs> <Mafia>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like they're trying to promote their agenda and saying that it's all like in the spirit of pride and stuff. And it's like, okay, but the scripture says that when you're prideful, beware because you're going to fall. There's going to be destruction. And I think that's the part where these people are deceived right now by Satan because they're thinking like, oh, this is a great life. I get to love everyone. I get to show my true self and do all this stuff. But the deceit is they won't be able to do that forever. And judgment is coming, if not now, but in eternity. And they will face the judgment and wrath of God. And I know God destroyed the earth first with the flood and with water because the people were so wicked. And he sent the rainbow as his promise to never destroy the world again with water. And that's the part that just sickens me that Mm. these people with the homosexual agenda that they want to use the rainbow as their symbol. But the rainbow God gave us was a symbol of promise, of hope, of mercy, Mm. that he wants to extend his grace to us. And we see that now. He keeps extending his grace, even though it keeps getting more and more wicked. He's saying, like, wait, I want to hold off for judgment until, you know, more people can come to me. And so as Christians, we need to like not just sit back and watch the world destroy itself, but we need to like out of love and compassion mm, for yeah. these people, yeah. call them to repentance. Like that was very brave of oh, yeah. Stein to do that because mm. that has to be a scary, intense situation. But he's not fearful of that because he has love and compassion for these people. Mm. Because if they don't repent, they are spending eternity in hell and in judgment. Mm. And that's miserable. And we as Christians shouldn't desire that for anyone. Mm. And just this should be a good reminder that we need to get out there (laughs) and just like, like the scripture says, love cast out all fear. And we just need to be loving and have that compassion for people and for their soul and thinking of eternity. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. Definitely, sweetheart. Good, yeah. Nice preaching there, sweetheart. And 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 I would definitely echo that because I also think as much as this disgusts us, we should also have our sorrow and compassion for these people. Because I think how many of these drag people that were at this event grew up in a loving home? You know, this is how they. Just like the shooter in Uvalde, you know, he didn't have a good home, so that's what he resorted to. So these people, like, they likely didn't have a true love, and so this is what they're seeking, thinking they're going to find satisfaction, and it's only going to destroy them more. And so, yeah, if we do encounter people like this, we should present the truth in love recognize that they likely had a very poor childhood, recognize that as much as they try to put on the veneer of somehow being happy doing this, they're destroying themselves, they're really rotting inside, and we get to that with the truth of the gospel. I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier too, babe, that a medical conference I went to in 2020, they were talking a little bit about transgender stuff just with hormone treatments and such. 
but most transgender people are severely depressed mm, yeah. and the hormone treatments that they want make it even worse. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting that they try to put on, like you said, a face that they're happy and this is like mm. who they want to be. But on the inside, a lot of times that isn't. And just having someone reach out and being willing to talk to them and share truth with them mm-hmm. and yeah. share like that God did make them who they are, mm-hmm. a man or a woman, biologically, and that God made them with value. He loves them. He cares about them. And he wants to see them come to him. And I think mm-hmm. that hopefully <laughs> can be our prayer for this month that we can reach more of these people with true unperverted love. And that's the love of God. Definitely sweetheart. And that sounds like a good end to this episode because we'll have more to say about things related to Pride Month in the next <laughs> a week or so. And we'll probably address uh, questions like, so just what is a woman anyway? And, you know, talk about um, transgender stuff and yeah all this stuff it's not pleasant topics but we need to talk about stuff like this we need to address it people need to realize that this is a struggle that people are dealing with in the world and they embrace things like that to their peril and we ignore it to our peril and <laughs> to ours and their peril and so yeah <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of truth espresso and we invite you to keep on listening stay tuned for the next episode of truth espresso and god bless Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.